What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Cherry Shots, but a special edition of Curveballs and Cherry Shots, because this is a recap of night one of WrestleMania 36. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting at least six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, you might have had, we might have had a few drinks today, but how are you doing today? You know, Brandon, right when you said special edition WrestleMania recap, night one, whatever, I wanted to be like, but I didn't do that because Brandon, I feel great. I am loving life. Had a great past, you know, maybe like the past 30 minutes, probably like the funnest of the night. The views and opinions of Dominic Copson does not reflect those of Curveballs and Chair Shots and Brandon Tanguma. Wow. You really have, really? Just throwing it out there. You really got to give give a little notice like that? I mean, we, we took a shot before the, the show started. Well, it hasn't technically kicked in yet, and you're already saying some questionable things after about four beers. Wait, hang on. One, one's in the kitchen. Two, three, I have four, not ha- five. I've, this is my fifth beer. Yes, I know. I have. I, you're, you are ahead of me, Dominic. I, I will am. give you that. <laughs> because you a bitch. Well, after you listen to this esteemed podcast... Go and listen to my other podcast. I do the Bullet Cast. I'm not saying you got to listen to the whole thing. Just kind of skip through, you know, go every couple <laughs> minutes. Hear my voice. <laughs> and Dominic does make a run in, and he completely embarrasses himself. He, I don't you know, know, okay. A combination okay. was it a combination of nerves, drunk, not knowing, not knowing what to say. Dominic, what I, happened? I think it was probably it was probably it wasn't a, it had nothing to do with the alcohol. I think it was just me trying to. You overthunk it. I overthunk it. Yes. Or thunk it. Thunk it. Thought it. I've. I tend to, you know, what 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 I found out at my job, Brandon, is uh, I have vomit of the mouth, so I kind of tend to. Our s- listeners definitely know that. Exactly, um, you know, uh, if if all things went little little uh, foresh- is it foreshadowing? No, it is a little pretext. Pretext? Preview? No. What do you? I'm, tr- I- I'm, tr- I'm trying trying to like let them know what happened to that be- context. That- context. There we go. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. Uh, Very similar to during the WrestleMania, you and the studio audience were playing one of those word puzzle games where you got to figure out what words match with the wor- letters that you're given. Yes. There you go. Exactly. Just exactly. played it for real that time. And basically, uh, we were set- Branding was setting up for his uh, post-show recap with the Bullcast with uh, uh, his co-host over at the Bullcast. And uh, um, I was trying to figure out how to make both of us talk as you know, we, one it, it, with like, both like what we're doing right now, like what we're doing right now, and it couldn't work out. I was trying to funnel the two microphones into one Skype call, but it didn't work out. And and I wasn't mad or anything. And then you kind of just here, Dominic. Here's your give your opinion in the boneyard march. You just threw it at me, and I was kind of like duh, uh, duh, 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 duh. And I kind of said some things, you know. Nothing I, that'll get him in trouble. Nothing get me in trouble, but like, you know, I couldn't think of the word rival. And not in a bad. And rivals are not a bad word. It's just you know it makes each other compete more competitively. But Philip said heat, and I got nervous. And I said no, not real heat. And I, yeah, I I might have fucked it up. But you got to admit it was better than the guy that started breathing heavily on your bullet cast. Young boy number two will live on an infamy as he almost shit himself because he was nervous. I mean, take take it for someone who's actually shit himself. Come on. Like that, and that, and when Philip called me and Dominic was on the line, that was the first thing he told Dominic is, "Oh well, you shoot yourself oh, in a jack in the box." <laughs> oh well, pal, uh, you know, shit happens. Yeah, well, 
Anyway, Philip. Let's. We've been on this for four minutes. Let's actually That's talk amazing. about WrestleMania. This took place April fourth, twenty twenty, night one in the Performance Center and WWE Studios, and parts unknown somewhere that the Boneyard match took place, which we will get to in a little bit. The it was a split commentary crew. One half was Michael Cole and JBL on the SmackDown side, on the Raw side, uh, Tom Phillips. And not uh, Corey Graves. Not Corey Graves, as Dominic thought, even though Corey Graves is a SmackDown announcer. Byron Saxton. My man Byron. Now, they started the show off with Stephanie McMahon. She went and talked about the circumstances, and this is going to be a WrestleMania like no no one's ever seen before. And once again, in their WWE corporate language, they talk about the coronavirus, but not actually talking about the coronavirus. And then they throw to a super meta introduction about WrestleMania and pirates and how they're doing a pirate intro, but then making fun of the pirate intro. And then they then they do the pirate intro at the very end. It was kind of weird and meta, and I thought it was kind of stupid. So uh, let me ask you, why can't they talk about it so, like, why, why, do, why do they be so discreet about it? Why can't they just be like, because of coronavirus, this is why we're doing it like this. Like, why can't, why, why can't they just be upfront with it? Because it's WWE and they say, oh, we're here for your entertainment. We're going to be here as your escape. So don't think about what's going on in the world today. Here you guys are, an empty arena match because of coronavirus. But, but don't, we're not going to say that. But don't fans, especially, let's be honest here. Most wrestling fans, yeah, there there are a lot of young kids that, and that's what they're trying to appeal to nowadays. But most fans are of age that understand what's going on in the world. And they... It's like, we already know what's going on, so just stop trying to, f- you know, make us feel so stupid and, you know, inter- and, you know, I'm not saying don't entertain us, but just, you know, give us the facts, give us what we want. Is that so hard? But then again, Fitzgerald Man runs the company, and he doesn't give us anything we want anyways. And this also happened with both the tag team match and the Braun Strowman match. They didn't give us any reasoning for why the matches were changed. We'll tackle that once we get there, but overall, Dominic, the video package and kind of the way they kind of did the meta make fun of thing in the beginning. The the st- the Stephanie McMahon part, whatever. The pirate thing, I, you know, it was kind of hard to see if like yeah. they're if this was post produced, like they did this and they fixed it afterwards, which I don't think they did. I think that was like the plan the entire time, which was kind of stupid. If 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 this took place in Florida or in Tampa, but wherever the fuck it was taking place at. If it took place there, I'm pretty sure it would have been different. I, I'm 99% sure they would not be making fun of pirates and all that other stuff. I, I feel at, like maybe like the shot where they were in front of the green screen dicking around, maybe that was just them on their own time, you know, fucking around, and they just tried to throw it in there. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But then again, I did like the uh, compilation of the different uh, uh, singing of... Uh, America the Beautiful. That's yes, that's on. the kind of official start every year for WrestleMania. They have some sort of celebrity sing the uh, America the Beautiful because apparently Vince McMahon likes that song more than the National Anthem. As Dominic said, I liked it. It was a great splice of all the different celebrities that have done it, obviously. And Are- it kinda, it Aretha kinda, Franklin, the big one that's done in a multiple Exactly, occasions. and it, it kind of like, you know, because it wasn't going to happen, you know, it kind of like made it, a little better. You could have had Lillian Garcia sing from her room as we see her on the bump doing the pre-show to the pre-show. No, I would need someone there. If they were going to sing National Anthem or America the Beautiful, whatever, they needed to be there on site. But what they did was perfectly fine. Rob Gronkowski 
was the host of WrestleMania. He kicked things off in his jumpsuit and some weird Oakley glasses. He kind of set the scene. We didn't see Gronk all that often. We saw him sporadically. Twice, right? We saw him about three or four times. I think this was the only, or this, and then the 24-7 segment was yeah. kind of the only like heavily focused aspect of Gronk. The other time is he did kind of cheer and do the yes shtick with Mojo Rally when Daniel Bryan came out, and then the 24-7 shtick, so... Maybe just overall, we don't got to kind of go back to it later. Your thoughts just overall on how they utilized Gronk. I mean, maybe if this was a regular WrestleMania, they would do the whole backstage skits with all the wrestlers and the legends like they normally do. But obviously, with this whole WrestleMania, we're going to kind of grade things on a curve, and understandably, things are different than they were going to be. Well, you're asking for my grade or just my thoughts right now? How do you think they utilized Gronk during the show You know, as a whole? As a whole, I think they... I, it, it, they, it was a decent handling. Um, some of it felt a little produced, which I know it is just because it's WrestleMania, and now that they're at the PC, it, it's kind of, you know, it, we well, as we go on, you'll know that we've noticed it being produced heavily, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't too unbearable. Um, you know, the 24-7 title situation, he it just didn't feel... It felt really weird. Ended really weird. Which is what happens with all the 24-7 shenanigans. Well, no. And it, well, it was also inside the confined space, so they can't really move around all that much. Exactly. And, you know, because my thing is... Which I don't... I don't want to talk about it right now. I'll talk about it when we get to that point, because I don't want to, like, spoil anything or, you know, jump ahead too far. We're done with Gronk. If you want to say anything about Gronk, spill it out. Well, are we going to talk about the 24-7 title? We already talked about it. The only part I don't understand. So, Rob hit R-Truth, pinned him. Mojo ripped him off. He pinned him. Why didn't Rob pull him off and pin him? Why didn't... Lillian Garcia did sing the bump, or sing the National Anthem or American Beautiful in her room. As you, as we watch her on oh. mute. So, shout out Lillian Garcia. Lovely lady. Met her at WrestleMania a few years ago. Anyways. I'm a little upset why... You know, she she quit or retired or whatever. She's, When's she going to go to the Hall of Fame? Well, she's doing the uh, PFL, Professional Fighting League. She does re-announcing for that. Well, yeah, but she could have stayed with the WWE. Moving on to greener pastures, I guess. No, she got taken out the pasture, bro. Fuck. Old Yellard? Damn right. Anyhoots, the 24-7 shtick, I mean, it's what you would expect. Okay. Overall, it was fine. Let's just get to the opening match when we heard Alexa Bliss just... Yeah, take it away, Brandon. I'm not good at this part. The opening contest was the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, otherwise known as Chris Bliss Cross Applesauce, taking on the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Kairi Sane. In the end, Bliss and Cross get the win at about 15 minutes. I thought this match was good. I'm not, I don't want to give too high of a grade. There's no crowd. Obviously, throughout the entire show, it's going to be kind of hard to decipher really what's a good match and what isn't because I think for me personally, I kind of utilize how how much the crowd is into it to kind of decipher what really was a good match because obviously that's kind of the point of a wrestling match. But I kind of enjoyed it. It does get the benefit of being the opening match, so the crowd or I <laughs> the crowd <laughs> the crowd went crazy. The, the crowd was not fresh because there was no crowd, but. You know, we're we are waiting there, and we're we're fresh as the studio yes. audience. We're being the studio audience this yes, time. Yes, we are. And you know, overall, it was fine with the tag team match. It is kind of awkward because it kind of is supposed to crescendo to a hot tag, big pop. You know, Alexa making the big old run in and stuff, but that just doesn't happen when there's no crowd. Well, I mean, 
my takeaway from it all is, um, but even if there was no, if the, even if there was a crowd, I don't think they'd be going crazy for an Alexa Bliss hot tag. I think they'd be going crazy for Nikki Cross doing her zipping off her vest and kind of doing her crazy little, you know, shtick. Um, I I felt like, and I don't know if it's just because it's the first time I really full blown watched an empty arena so called match. But I felt like a lot of the time, Asuka and Kyrie Sander were very late on certain spots. Like, they either A, forgot, or two, they just didn't really care. Did you notice that at all by chance, or is it just me? It was just you. I didn't really notice it okay. that much. I think the thing that kind of stood out to me a lot is Asuka. She's been very vocal with her gimmick, just kind of yelling and doing her shtick. And with the empty arena, that definitely stands out more, and it makes it better. I think when we get to the uh, other matches, some of them weren't as vocal, and it kind of makes it a little awkward at times. But with them, with four women there and a the commentary, there's constant noise throughout, and with there's no uh, you know, wrestlers at ringside like what AEW does, it kind of, I thought it helped the match a little bit more. Do you, do you think... Uh... WWE did the right thing by not letting Gronk stay ringside and cheer. I I was thinking in my head I was thinking like okay he'll be ringside and he's always hype so he'll you know cheer the babyface and boo the heel, but that didn't happen. Do you think that was a good decision or a bad decision? The only time they actually did that was during the Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn match, but he was up on the scaffold thing. So even if he was making noise, you couldn't hear it all that often. I it probably just comes down to Gronk not wanting to sit there for however many you know four hours or three hours of tapings through all these matches. It would get kind of tiring and kind of having one man be the you know the puppet to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, you know, be the crowd for four straight hours. But that, if a fan jumps the barricade, you know, you know it's him. Until the security guard lady comes and tackles them. Yup. Shout out to her. Overall, you know, we don't give grades on my recaps. We give star ratings. There we go, baby. Dominic, what are you giving star rating-wise to the opening contest? Bliss Cross Applesauce getting the dub. One out of five, one out of ten, one out of a hundred. We're going Meltzer, one through five, quarter star ratings. You know, opening contest, I felt like wasn't too many mistakes. Um, at least in most people's opinions, like I said, I might have seen something. I would probably give it a decent two and three quarters, maybe even a three. I agree. I was probably going to go two and three quarters. It was good, but it was nothing, you know, spectacular to really jump into the three-star range. But then again, it is empty crowd, so you kind of got to put that in the effect. You know, if they would have won in front of 80,000 people, would we've gotten a huge response from it? If there was 80,000 people, I don't think this would have been the opening match. I think they would have started off with maybe KO and Seth Rollins. I don't think they would have done the exact same match with the DQ and then go back to another finish. But I don't think... I think with WWE, you've kind of seen that they want to have that high-octane, you know, fast-paced match. And yes, this match was more high-energy than some of the other matches, but... I don't think that this would have been the regular opener if this was a regular so, WrestleMania. So you're saying it's still going to be two and three quarters, even if it was in front of 80,000 people and the match was exactly the same. It would be still be two and three quarters. I think every single match on here would maybe get a slight bump just okay. because it is in front of a crowd. And the crowd makes the match better for so the most part. So safe to say two and three quarters, three is what we both agree upon. With the very height of maybe three and a half if this was the opening and the crowd was going batshit crazy for everything. Okay. Then we get maybe the low point of the show, I would say, even though it was the second match of the night. King Corbin takes on Elias, and Elias gets the win in nine minutes. Nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. 
Now, uh, to the opposite of the opening match, I thought this match was a little clunky, awkward, a little quiet, and I did not like this match. This match shouldn't have happened in the first place. One and a half stars. Wow, really? One and a half? I was bored. I didn't. I I know I was kind of poo pooing on it beforehand, but it didn't blow me away or even you know surpass my very low expectations. I mean, I would probably give it one and three quarters. I'm not even gonna go to I'm, one and three quarters just because I think we talked about it yesterday. Technically, Elias should be in the hospital. You, I mean, yes, it's WWE. A medical facility. Yes, medical facility. Correct. Sorry. Don't want to trigger anyone, um, but to have him come out and everything that went on, I, I just feel like, you know, not not to take anything away from Elias, first WrestleMania victory I believe for him, um, but it, it just it wasn't like you said it didn't need to happen. This could have been a SmackDown, it could have been a, a climax at a next pay per view or something, um, but yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I think one and three quarters is perfectly fine though. I didn't like the finish. You have Elias winning with the roll-up, so you have the babyface winning by underhanded tactics. Yes, it's kind of, uh, you know, the the heel try to cheat, so then the babyface gets the upper hand. But I think this was kind of the first uh, match that kind of showed that, okay, this isn't a regular WrestleMania. It's not going to be the climax of the show. There's not going to be a bunch of blow-offs. You know, some of them, there will be blow-off feuds, but this was one and some other ones on the show that it was like, okay, that was... This match is... This feud is still going to go on, and that's why I kind of thought that King Corbin would win, because I just feel like later on down the line, you can get more out of King Corbin than Elias, even though I'm not really high on either one of them. I mean, do you think... uh, I mean, do you think Elias will ever move on from the gimmick he has, or not to say gimmick, but, you know, the kind of the place he's at with WWE. I think even in NXT, he was, he wasn't utilized very much, but I think even in NXT, he had a little bit more, uh, he was a little more complex, he had a little more dynamic to him, he wasn't just come out, strum the guitar, bury the local sports team, gets interrupted. I think at least with in NXT, he kind of had that kind of drifter, hipster vibe that he could, you know, get under people's skins in other ways than just going for cheap heat. But at this point, Vince sees what he sees in you, and he says, you know, you can do that, then yeah. just keep doing that because it's working. Exactly. And and we'll have to... I hope this doesn't continue on, but knowing it, knowing WWE, it probably will. We thought that this match might have been the main event of a WrestleMania night, but it was only the third match of the show. Becky Lynch taking on Shayna Baszler for the WWE Raw Women's title. The match goes about nine minutes, and I thought this was a hard match to really decipher and see, you know, was this a good match? Was this a bad match with there not being a crowd on Dominic? Why are you so happy? No, because, <laughs> so, you know, the studio on set up, uh, Instagram notifications on my phone for some stupid reason. Oh, so and now I can send you funny memes and thirst traps you can actually see them? Yeah, and I got one, and it's from the Bullcast tagged me in something. And it says, uh, uh, also, Brandon's curveballs and chair shots goes, Dominic makes a quite a quiet run-in along with their studio audience. Nice. Studio audience didn't really make a run-in. Uh, I was talking, and I didn't realize my mic was not 
muted. And the studio audience, because she's not here, I can kind of be a little explicit about it. Her shirt was kind of riding up, and so her gut was hanging out. So like, oh, nice crop top. While my mic was still hot, and you can hear me say that on the bullet cast. So go and check that out after you hear Dominic bury himself in... No, that was before. Was it before? Yeah. That was kind of like at the end. No, because you started laughing right there and then, and then that's when you threw it on me. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Becky Lynch beats Shayna Baszler in nine minutes. I don't really know how I feel about this. I wasn't dead set and say like, oh, Shayna has to win or else she's buried forever. But I just felt like Becky has done everything and having Shayna be that you know last dangling carrot for her to go and beat made a lot of sense. And then we get kind of that cheap roll-through finish that we've seen on NXT so many times that, you know, as someone who's seen every Shayna Baszler title match, it's like, yeah. I've seen that so many times, it's just, it makes it unbelievable that Shayna would still get caught up in that when that's, like, the only way she loses it. Are you ready like, for this, Brandon? You ready? I'm sitting down. Two stars. Okay. Nothing more. You can even go less than two and a half. Granted, something that you've said during the ma- uh, after the match, what you said on the Bullet cast... And what I'm going to steal from you now is how many times is she going to lose a match like that and not learn? She lost to Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane. Um, I think uh, she lost even a couple other times like that. I think Candace even beat her once like that. It's like, you know, I understand it's not that big of a, you know, it's not WrestleMania. It's still WrestleMania, but it's not 80,000 strong. But, you know, it, it, it to me, it... It really killed that match. Not to say that this was a five-star match or a four-star match. I'm saying this could have been easily, you know, maybe two and a half, two and three quarters. But you killed it by Becky just doing that roll-up and winning. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit higher on the match than you. I'm not saying it was, you know, in the three-star range or anything like that. But it was kind of like an evolved version of what... Goldberg and Braun Strowman was. They didn't do a whole lot. They kind of kind of kept to the same moves. Shayna Baszler was on offense for a majority of it, which kind of maybe foreshadowed that Becky was going to end up getting the cheap win in the end. But yeah, I just, the match didn't really flow. It didn't crescendo like I thought it would. I mean, if Becky was going to win, I thought it would be this like triumphant victory and slaying the beast. But then she, you know, does the whole cartwheel rollover thing and pin Shayna and then Shayna shocked and now it's where do we go from here like okay Shayna has a gripe but she lost clean and Becky didn't cheat Shayna was just an idiot it didn't kick out when only her shoulders were pinned her legs were completely covered and well I mean it goes to something that I've talked about last or I keep I keep wanting to say last week but yesterday last episode last episode there we go is you know Something that I've said with McIntyre, and I think I've said it with Shayna too, is, you know, do you have Becky win once this whole corona virus blows over and you get your, you know, 30,000, you know, 40,000, you know, SummerSlam, whatever, attendance, whatever. If that even takes place, which doesn't look like that. At, at the likely. moment, it doesn't look like it's taking place, but, you know, the next major pay-per-view that you actually have fans in attendance is that where you have Shayna become champion? You beat Becky Lynch. I don't, I mean, I just felt like with no fans in attendance, that's the perfect way to put over a heel. You have her just be dominant, you know, have that kind of eerie setting of nobody there and just boom, choke her out, send her packing. And with 
this COVID-19 situation and WWE not having a whole lot of stuff in the can, you know, Becky's going to win. They're going to go off for who knows if they're going to film anything, but maybe three weeks, maybe three months. But as I said, what's next for Becky if Shayna has already been defeated? I mean, I mean, we still have tomorrow night to go off of, but... Or Monday. If... If Charlotte wins, you have Rhea that can get called up. Rhea becomes Becky's next challenger. Next thing you know, Rhea's new Raw Women's Champion. The studio audience sent I saw it. a message in the group chat. Dominic, would you like to give a description of what she sent us as we're going completely out? It's probably one of her stupid memes she sent us that aren't probably. really that funny. It's a video of a... Is that, is a, that a platypus? It is a platypus walking along the edge of a pond. Yep. Is there a sound to it? Agent P. Shout it's out Agent P and Perry Platypus. Perry the Platypus. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts on studio audience's memes she sends in the group chat? Uh, give them at a one out of five star rating. Yes. Like a solid like three and a half. Like how, a, how are my memes? Three and three quarter four. Okay, so just like a, a tad bit better, but not out of blown. What, what do you give water. me, Brandon? You don't really send anything really in the group chat. Really, so you, technically I'm 100%. Really, if you send me anything, you send me personally, just send me some thirst trap that you're going to save for later. Hey, lower your voice a little bit. Sorry. She, she don't need to know that. Off the record. All right. Anyways, I don't know if I gave an actual star rating for yeah, I the said, match. Yeah, I said two, and you didn't say anything. You said straight two. Straight two. If you go straight two, I'll go two and a quarter. Yeah, two and a half. Why are you going to be different, bro? I'll be two and a half. Why not? Just be a little bit better. That's because it's your girl, Becky. Of course. Give me that Becky, which I taught Dominic. What the complete context of giving that Becky means. I already knew what it was. But I had, I had to give you that extra oomph of yes. what it actually means. Yes. But anyways, fourth match on the show. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line as Sami Zayn defends against Daniel Bryan. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro in Zayn's corner. Drew Gulak in Daniel Bryan's quarter. Gulak lost to Cesaro earlier on in the night, but we were too busy waiting in line for an hour and 45 minutes for some B-dubs. Let's it, not talk about B-dubs, please. Let's. Uh... Karen went off on the worker saying that she's been waiting for so long. That... And the, the worker put <laughs> that bitch in her place. It was amazing. So, basically, fine, you brought it up. Let's talk about it. So, I told... So, I walk into B-dubs, and I go, oh, yeah, place my order. Okay, yeah, pay for it, blah, blah. She goes, okay, it's going to be like 10 more minutes. So, you know, if you want to go... But she said, and I swear on whatever God you believe in, Brandon, if it's God, if it's Jesus, if it's whoever. Um, Trey's mama. Trey's mama. Shout out to the... Bohannon football team. Flag football team. Flag football team. Um, she said, drive along to the fucking patio, and I'll bring it out to you. And I was like, all right, girl, cool. And then I'm out there, we're sitting we're sitting in my car, and I'm like, she told me to go over there. Should I just go park on the side of the street right there? Yeah, so we drive over there, and I see people waiting inside the patio. So I'm like, all right, so I can wait inside the patio. And then, actually, well, before that, I bitched to you saying, like, I, this was supposed to be ready at 2.50, but I moved it to 3.20 because I wanted it to be ready. Long story short, Dominic was illegally parked in a fire lane, so then I got to drive the esteemed F-150 across, well, not across the street, but around the corner to park somewhere, and then Dominic's waiting. Motherfucker can't turn the hazards off. Well, I was looking, like, around the steering wheel, because that's how my Jeep is, has the hazard lights on, but no, he has, like, he has, like, this, you know, fancy center console entertainment system that has, like, 7,000 buttons on it, and I finally finally found the, the hazard lights, you know, park, 
sit there for like a good 10, 15 minutes. We're texting back and forth. And apparently that's when Karen goes off on the worker. Well, because I bitched to Brennan walking to the F-150 before uh, we went to the patio. And I said like, man, like it should be ready by now. Like I, this supposed to be ready by 3.20. It's 3.20. Like what the fuck? So I walk up over there and I'm waiting. And so these two people get their food. And as you call her Karen, I believe her name was Alice actually. Um, she goes, like, how much longer is my food going to be? It's supposed to be ready by 3.20. And he's like, well, ma'am, did you order it online? She goes, yes, I did. And he goes, well, the internet and the uh, the website doesn't understand that we are short-staffed, okay? So we are working as hard and as fast as we can to get every order ready on time. We are sorry. And he walked inside. In and that she, exact kind of sarcastic tone? Yes. Nice. He was piast. As he should. Shout out to all the food workers out there, literally risking their lives for our food. But then again, homeboy fucking forgot my Southwest sauce, and, you know, fuck that guy. Wow, calling him homeboy just because he's black. How do you know he's black? Because I was parked in front of the patio seeing the guy, only the same person, pull out all the food. Which, and and, and by the way, the bitch lied, said she was going to bring out her food, and she fucking didn't. Anyways, <laughs> let's get on to that IC title match. Sami Zayn taking on Daniel Bryan. And Sami Zayn gets the win in 10 minutes. I said on the show, give him 20 minutes and shut the fuck up. Well, they gave him 10 minutes and they did not shut the fuck up. because Pretty sure they shut the fuck up. Then, well, there was a lot of interference and a lot of shenanigans on the outside with the three companions. In the end, Sami Zayn wins with a halluva kick and bam, wham. Do you consider that a halluva kick? Do you consider it? I'll be honest, I didn't see the finish because I was... Being a stupid millennial on my phone. Yeah, I know. But I don't consider a Huluva kick, but match in general, you know, I'll give it a two and a half. I think it was better than the Becky Lynch Shayna just because just because Daniel Bryan's such a big household name, Brandon. He's your boy. He's everybody's boy. It's Daniel Bryan. He is my boy. I know I had very high expectations. Obviously, this match did not live up to those expectations. I thought Danny Bryan was going to win, you know, just give him the title. But I kind of, now looking back, I understand why he gave it to Zayn. Have Zayn win. Give him some credibility. He kind of won it on some boo-boo shenanigans to begin with. And with Danny Bryan's contract coming up at the end of the year, who knows how long he's going to actually wrestle. Who knows if there's, if there's even going to be you know, wrestling by the time his contract is up, unless they pull some of that bullshit that says, oh, you didn't wrestle, so we're just going to hold you hostage for the next however long this whoa, whoa, bullshit whoa, whoa. Calm lasts. Down. Calm down, so, you know, relax. My boy, Dana Bryan, Breathe. when it comes to him, I get hot. Breathe, okay. His ass is staying, don't worry. Brie Bella will make him stay, okay. Brie Bella will say, hey, if it wasn't for WWE... You, me, Birdie wouldn't be living in the house we're living. So how about you just resign and suck up your motherfucking pride? And he'll do it. Overall, I think I'll give it two and a quarter. Really? It was fine. I mean, as it it, it didn't really have a chance to get going because Sammy was stalling. Then there was the stuff on the outside, and then they get back, they rest a little bit, then they go to the finish. So just because of that, I'm not going to... You know, I'm going to dock him a little bit, and also because I did have kind of high expectations for this match. But then we get the ladder match, a triple threat singles match, by the way, for the Tag Team Championships. John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, and Jimmy Uso. I think this is widely regarded as maybe the best match of the night. 
Honestly, I think the main event was the best match of the night, even though I think that match is going to be very polarizing, which we'll talk about. But they go 19 minutes. Jomo ends up getting the titles after a very contrived finish. All three teams, or not teams, but all three guys are up there fighting for it. Technically, Uso did unclip the gimmick hanger thing. Oh, here we go. Which technically, in the past, you don't have to literally take the titles off. You just have to take the gimmick off the hook. How many times can you remember that happening? The only person I remember that happening is John Cena at Money in the Bank. Randy Orton did that in the whatever singles match that they had. Okay, so two times. Every other fucking time, they remove the item said championship belt or briefcase or whatever it is. But usually, when it's a, when they do that with a tag team match, usually both the wrestlers are there together, so they take the titles down. But when it's the unification match or the double title matches, like what Randy Orton did, you take down the gimmick, and boom, you win. Yes, technically, all three guys had their hands on it at the same time, which yeah. I understand you know, why the finish happened. But Uso unhooks it. They... Headbutt Morrison. Morrison, I guess, had his hands on the titles. He rips the straps off, and so then, technically, he is the winner. I think that finish was probably executed pretty well. I think, I I actually liked him getting headbutting, falling off, ripping the titles, because it kind of gives you the, 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 the symbol of he was going to lose, but because Kofi and Uso were fucking so stubborn, they couldn't work together, you know. Was it a little too cute by half? Was it too creative? Too kinda, cute. Too cute. Kind of contrived well. But then there's one thing I didn't like, which is, I'm going to steal your thunder right now, Brandon. I don't like the fucking spot where Jimmy gets thrown off the ladder from the ring and they don't show him falling on the mat because it's a crash pad. Yes. We called it out and I called it out on a similar, well not a similar spot, but another big spot that happens later on the show. But during the replays, they show a continuous spot of the entire fall. They never did that, and I think this was probably the most egregious, besides obviously the Boneyard match, where there was some liberties taken in some edits and some production uh, strategies, I would say. Uh, Similar to this and Braun Strowman, they didn't tell us why this was now a singles match. They They weren't straight up with us. You don't have to say, oh, Miz is sick especially during this time. Well, I haven't heard anything, so I don't know exactly. Obviously, I think if he did have it, I think he might have come out with that already because probably this whole production would be shut down. But why don't you just say Miz wasn't medically cleared to compete, so now it's going to be a singles match for the tag team titles? Yeah, you could easily manipulate it into a situation of, you know, he's hurt or someone's hurt or... Just do the stupid thing where a camera shows Miz laid out in the parking lot. There you go. But then you kind of got to pay that off later, which maybe they don't want to do, but who knows. Eh, I mean, you can pay that off with eventually down the line, I think Morrison and Miz will split up, and then you can go back to that. Uh, Eventually, but you don't know how long they want to keep this tag team together for, right? Who knows, but uh, yeah. Anywho. Overall, Brian? uh, Brian? I believe my name is Brandon. No, it's Brian. Well, according to you, you call me Babe, Brian, Brandon, and Mom. Well, well, Mom, I'm a little buzz, okay? Give me a break here. Anyways, Brandon, what do you give it? Technically, it's Brandon. Brandon. B-R-A-N-D-O-N. Brandon. Don't get me confused with Brendan Maldonado. Great guy. Shut up, Brendan Maldonado. You know him? I do know him. Cool. I had a sleepover once, him and Alex Sarah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Went to the San Jose flea market. 
We'll have to talk about that off the air, but um, what do you give this match? What rating? I think I'll give it three and a quarter. I don't think I want to give it three and a half. I think with all these matches, I'm kind of realizing that no match was like super phenomenal and like over the top, but I think with the show circumstances, it is kind of... I'm going to give it a little bit of a break. Maybe, you know, in a bubble, the match is not very good. But I think with the circumstances overall, I think I'll give it a little more of a pass when I go to the overall grade of the show. I'll probably have to give it a three and like, you know, three sixteenths. You know. uh, I said quarters, Dominic. Oh. Three and a quarter it is. Or is it three stars? Because technically three sixteenths is closer to three than three and a quarter. Well, then I guess I have to change my rating, eh? You didn't uh, think there was going to be math in the podcast, did you? No, I was I hoping was, you were going to be like, okay. <laughs> I was told there was no math. Um, You know what? I'll give it three and a quarter, maybe even a three and a half. I think, given the circumstances, um, no, I take that back. I'll give it three and a quarter. If that crash pad, if, if they actually showed Jimmy falling all the way down on the mat, like they did with Kevin Owens, boom, three and a half stars. I think that probably probably would have been the best match of the night for me. Speaking of Kevin Owens, he took on Seth Rollins in the following match, sixth match on the show. In the end, Kevin Owens gets the victory in about 17 minutes. There was a DQ in there, I think, about the 10-minute mark. They go to the outside. Seth Rollins hits KO with a uh, ring bell. Then KO calls him out, calls him a little bitch. Seth Rollins comes back. Hey, watch your language, man. We've already gone off the deep end already. All right, bitch. Yas, bitch. I love you, bitch. Well, no, I just, I know, you know, you're not supposed to cuss on the bullet cast. I just want to kind of like, you know, it's like a subtle jab. Anyhoots, the big uh, spot of the show, Kevin Owens jumps off the WrestleMania sign that was positioned on the ground behind the announcers. KO jumps off of the sign down onto Seth Rollins, who was on the announce table. When they first shot it, I thought it was maybe a cutaway crash pad situation, but at the end, they showed replays, and KO did completely fall from the thing you to the ground. You why? Because he ain't no bitch. He ain't no bitch. He ain't no Shane McMahon. He don't need no crash pad. Exactly. In the end, KO uh, calls him out, does all, they go back and forth. Good, hard-worked, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say gimmicky, but it was a blood, not a blood feud, but it was one of the more heated feuds in, on WrestleMania, so it was going to be much more brawl-oriented. Overall, I thought the match was really good. If I gave the, you know, if I give the latter match three and a half, I think I'll give this one three and a half as well. I think... I I, I don't really have anything really so-called bad to say, any negative takeaways from this. Um, it's definitely not a five. Definitely not a f- anywhere in the fours, but I'd probably say... Th- Three, uh, you know what? I'll probably say three and a half. Um, I if they didn't do the, if they would have made this no holds barred or no DQ match from the get go, this could have easily been maybe three and three quarters for me at least. So the one spot of uh, Seth getting disqualified and then kind of the minute and a half, yeah, takes it down a little yeah. bit. I understand that it was kind of clunky and like, did you really have to do that? Like it didn't really add anything to the match at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, if they would have just ended it right then and there, it would have been a lower rating, but I would have been a little happier with the ending. But for them to to end it and then, or not to end it, but to have the DQ and then 
oh, you're a bitch, come back and fight me, no DQ, it kind of just kind of ruined it for me. We had Charlie Caruso uh, doing an interview with Paul Heyman. Pretty straightforward. Nothing really to uh, talk about there. Then in the semi-main event, the seventh match, Goldberg takes on Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. In the end, Braun Strowman wins in about three minutes. Yes, studio. I did blow up the toilet, all right? Don't fucking shit shame me. No, she thought you farted. Oh, I did not fart. Yeah, I that's mean, why I said I no. mean, on the toilet, I mean... It, it was you farted over, on the toilet. It was all over the place. Yeah. Okay. I was well, going to get a little more... Just dis- everybody, just like all the, stu- the uh, audience, the, the fans... This is a big moment in our friendship, Dominic, because I took a shit at your house. Brandon took a shit at my house, everyone. Not because I wanted to, mostly because I had to. Because we drank Jameson. That was before the Jameson. B-dubs and PBR does not go together. For you, at least. I'm su- yeah, I'm surprised your tum-tum is holed up, Dominic. Yeah, just wait till Mary takes you home, because I'm too drunk to drive, and I'm going to shit the fuck everywhere, man. Goldberg takes on Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman wins in three minutes to be your new Universal Champion in a total only about three, or I think only about two match- or two moves happened throughout the entire match. We get Goldberg with a spear, Strowman with some power slams, no mention whatsoever of Roman Reigns on this show or on SmackDown. Dominic, before we get into the match itself, what the fuck is going on with WWE and Roman Reigns of not being straight up and saying what happened or alluding to it at all? Well, I think uh, I think you've... Uh, I think I don't know if you asked me after or before the match, but you said, do you, do you think WWE is pissed off at Roman Reigns? And I said no because, well, first off, it's Roman Reigns. Second off, I, I I think any company, especially WWE, if a, if a, a valued employee or contractor feels their life could be in jeopardy, they should not have to con- go to work, pretty much. Granted, this motherfucker had had leukemia. Why the hell are you gonna make him wrestle? You know what I mean? It's like because the show must go on. Yeah, if so, you're telling me if John Cena said, "Hey, Vince." I don't feel like fucking wrestling Bray because I think he has coronavirus. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to die. Boom. Are they going to hate John Cena for it? No, they're going to be like, oh, John, you're right. Let's not do it. So I think it's just, you know, a a convoluted scheme for Roman to take some time off. Yeah, it was just kind of weird of how you don't even allude to the fact that this was a different match. Like, just a few days ago, this match. I mean, we heard that this was it was gonna be well not Braun, but we knew Go, uh, Roman was out of the match about a week and a half ago. They still had it advertised going into SmackDown, even during SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's a situation to just kind of keep an eye on and maybe look at what happens with Roman and WWE's relationship. But going the forward. thing I want to know is after WrestleMania. What happens to Braun Strowman? He just won the Universal title. He just won one of the top titles in the company. Does that mean in a month he's going to lose the title? So he's just a placeholder for Roman when he finally gets the balls to come back? Or is this going to be a legitimate championship and he's going to hold it for seven, eight months? Another kind of antidote that kind of adds to my conspiracy theory is like maybe Roman is supposed to win, so then... Give it to Braun. F you, Roman. He's going to be the champion. This could have been you, but you're playing. And that means Braun's the face of the company now. 
Yeah, I mean, I've and then said Roman a multiple. Goes to AW. I don't think. I mean, if Roman goes to AW, Roman Reigns top heel, sign me up. That'd be amazing. Roman versus John Moxley, AW Championship. What would his name be? Joe Anawai. Joe Anawai. Go home, Dominic. You're drunk. Okay. Oh I yeah, am. you are home. I am home. Yes. Oh. I can go eat some cake if I wanted to. So let's hurry the fuck up. Oh, it, just, it wouldn't be a podcast if Dominic didn't yell at me to hurry the fuck up. Which, which I don't think he did yesterday. So. But I'm not tired, though. Just want to eat some motherfucking cake, then go to sleep. All right. Goldberg, Braun Strowman. Let's go over it quickly. Two ma- two moves throughout the entire match. Two mm. moves equals two stars. That's being generous, but I'll go one and a half. It was, You're just being a dick now. I'm not being a dick. You're I'm being just dick being now. realistic. They were trying to be Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Would with... you rather him try to, try to hit the jackknife and cripple him? Or jackhammer. Jackknife, jackhammer, whatever. Would you rather try to, would you rather have Goldberg? I wanted to Goldberg? see Goldberg try to do a, a brain buster jackhammer. I'm that, drunk, you guys. That's okay, Dominic. We're almost there. We're, we're in the main event. Okay. So you gave it two stars. I gave it one and a half. Then the main event, Undertaker Oof. versus AJ Styles. <laughs> bone yard match. A completely pre-taped, post-edited match. I feel as though this match is going to be very polarizing. I've seen on the internet already. Some people absolutely loved it. Some people absolutely hated it. I've yet to see someone hate it. Well, I'm kind of deeper in the wrestling bubble, I think, on Twitter than you are. Oh, so, sorry, Brandon. Damn. Sorry, you know, subtle flex here. Fuck. I'm, in, I'm on wrestling Twitter. You're not. You know, you have two podcasts about wrestling. I only have one. All right, then. Any hoots. We get... Uh, a video package beforehand, and then we get a Hearst, we get The Undertaker's music, and of course, AJ Styles comes out of a coffin, and then as we all kind of speculated, we get Undertaker, American Badass, coming out to Metallica. Dominic, your thoughts on... Hang on, hang on. I don't really consider him American Badass Taker, because it was not Limp Bizkit playing. Or his now, Kid Rock, or whatever other exactly. shitty remix song that he had before. But... Then. Being it was Metallica, can can we just wrap our head around the fact that Metallica was playing? Not the first time Metallica has been used for a WWE event, even in an Undertaker match. Really? Yeah. He had, well, for Triple H and Undertaker WrestleMania 27, under, uh, Triple H came out pre-game. He came out to For Whom the Bell Tolls, I think. Really? Triple H, Undertaker 28. The theme song for that match was Memory Remains. Um, I think maybe a few other things, but those, you know, that Triple H Undertaker match, two metalheads, two thrash guys, they really like Metallica. So that was kind of the thing I remember about Metallica in WWE. Well, I mean, this is the first time I've heard Metallica. And now that we're dead. We're dead? It it kind of. R.I.P. We're all dead. We are, you know, we're in a pandemic. That's the name of the song, Brandon. Oh, sorry. By Metallica. You, you got to throw in like a I'm comma. I'm the fucking pause. metal horns right now. Mega horn right there. But I'm just saying. Metallica playing Undertaker. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jameson is hitting. It is. It's fucking. I'm, I'm, I'm spinning a little bit. But I'm just saying. Taker fucking riding that bike into that graveyard. Having Metallica playing. Man, it was amazing. Right then and there, Brandon, it's almost a five-star match. Just for me. But in the end, Undertaker does win the Boneyard match. No referee, just completely 
just a camera, a lot of music, some cuts and stuff, and we're not going to go through everything, obviously, if you guys want to go watch it, go and watch it. I remember I checked, the match already started, and it was like 6.40, and I was like, oh, they're not going to go another 20 minutes, but then by the time the match <laughs> yeah. ends, I look, seven and it was 7 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, that match went by pretty quick, and I kind of enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm, I'm not going to give it four stars, but I think I'm going to give it three and three quarters. I, I love this match. It was hokey, kooky, crazy, stupid, but... Fuck it, this WrestleMania is crazy, kooky, and stupid. You know, Brandon, um, I, I agree with your your rating. I'd probably give it, I, I would say three and three quarters. I mean, I know I just said five-star match because of Metallica, but if I'm being realistic here, um, you know, uh, there was the only thing I did not like, and I hope no one calls me out for it because I've probably done it before. No one listens to it anyways, who cares? Is... The fact that Undertaker sounded straight up like he was having a heart attack. And I understand that was probably him acting or, or you know. Especially the part where AJ was on top and he was calling him an old man and he was Undertaker was selling a lot. It was a little awkward at that point. Yeah, it was like, damn, like, it made me think, like, fuck, Taker really does need to stop. Like, fuck this guy, call the match, call it, call it, whatever. And then the other thing, too, and I know you don't like it, you, you didn't like it either, Brandon, do you want want to talk about it? No, I was just going to say, I I was expecting like a dead man gimmick switch in the match, but since that didn't happen, this is a completely different side tangent that I was going to ask you about, but because that didn't happen, does that mean it more likely that maybe we're going to get gimmick switches in the Firefly Funhouse match? Probably, I would think so. Um, I wouldn't be, I I would like that, I would like it better to happen in John Cena Bray Wyatt versus Taker AJ Styles, because we've only seen AJ Styles as a phenomenal one. We should have got AJ Styles shave his head and we get X Division Impact, AJ. Mm, no, because no one, technically, if you want to be, you know, uh, WWE uh, executive here, no one knows AJ Styles and was X Division champion. So Just put him in like a bald cap and put like a wig on him or something. Yeah, whatever. But the other part I did not like of the match is the fact that Taker was in the grave and then just magically appears behind AJ on the tractor. That's the other thing. He's still kinda, Undertaker, kinda and he has it. mythical powers. Yeah, well, you're the American badass, so you can't do that anymore. In the end, it was basically the finish was a buried alive match, so there was a hole in the ground. Uh, Taker was in there for a little bit, but then he that's when he did the whole, you know, he, he does the gimmick where he... He's a fucking Jesus. Yes, he did, he did the Jesus comeback. He goes behind AJ Styles, makes his comeback, puts him in the ground, literally buries him, Reveals that the tombstone said AJ Styles, 1977 to 2020. What an old man. I know. Pot calling the kettle black. Me or Taker? AJ was calling Undertaker old this whole time when AJ ain't no spring chicken either. Ah. There you go. I mean, we kind of thought this was going to be the direction. Some pre-tape, you know, kind of kooky stuff. Did this kind of, you know. It lived up. It lived lived up up to to the expectations. I liked it. I liked it. Overall, WrestleMania, what would you give it? Ooh, now, Brandon, you put me on the spot here, kid. Um, I think, my opinion, half, uh, the, the, the cup is half empty. Um, I, I'd probably give it a good three and a half out of five. I think I'm right there with you, three and a half, maybe I don't think I can give it three and three quarters. I think three and a half is probably about the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, the matches itself, 
going blow for blow, they weren't really... There was no real, you know, standalone fantastic match. I kind of loved the Boneyard match for all the wrong reasons. I did kind of have low expectations, but now, not saying I'm super excited for tomorrow night, but I have a little bit more faith in WWE with the Edge Orton, which is probably the most match I was the match I was most looking forward to. Drew and Brock, who knows if that's going to happen, and then the Firefly Funhouse match was, which is going to be not similar, but in the same vein as the Boneyard match being pre-taped. Now we we discussed it yesterday. In the last episode we did, that what was the main event for today and main event for Sunday? Main event we thought was going to be the title match, but it turned out to be Boneyard. What do you think the main event is for tomorrow? I think it depends on what the actual finish would be. I think it's between either Drew and Brock or Randy and Edge. I don't think they're going to do the two gimmick matches being the main events with the Firefly Funhouse. I think if Orton wins and Drew loses, then, or if Edge wins and McIntyre loses, then I think the last man standing match will be the main event. But I think if Drew is going to win, if he goes over, regardless, that's going to be the main event. Okay, well, you know, Brandon, uh, we uh, part one of WrestleMania took part at my house. Tomorrow we will be at your house. So we'll have to wait and find out. We will have to wait and find out, and hopefully Dominic gets over his hangover, because he's going to be so hungover tomorrow, because he drinks so much. Probably, you never know. Alright, that'll do it for us for today. Almost went an hour. This is almost a regular fucking, fucking podcast. Any hoots, thank you all very much. Hope you enjoyed that. We will probably be back tomorrow. No promises. Damn right we will, Brandon. But Okay, Dominic said damn right, so we're going to be back here I'm tomorrow. I'm not even going to be on the Bullocast. On, on, bu- on the Bible? You're going to be on the Bible? Almost the Bobcast. On that note, for the Bobcast, my name is Brandon Tankuma. That's been Dominic Hobson. Toodaloo, goodbye, and good night. Uh,